Welcome to the Talks with T-Time podcast, man. I'm always glad to have you guys. Listen, what you're going to do for the next hour, kick back, sit back, and enjoy some tea time in your ears, man. We always talking about sports. We always talking about real life events. And we're always just talking about life in general. So what I need you guys to do is go ahead, kick back, and enjoy. Welcome to Talks with Tea Time. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, Tony T-Tar West, man, and I'm back at it again. Episode 11, season two. Uh, we are very excited to have a very special guest on my podcast today, somebody that I love recording with because he's just such a dynamic guy when we're talking about sports. It's my man, C-Ruff, from over at Timeout Sports, man. C-Ruff, bro, I appreciate you coming on on such a short notice, man. Uh, I thank you for just coming on, man, and just talking sports with me. No doubt, man. No doubt, we gotta uh, we gotta be there for our for our guys, man. As we make this climb to That's the right. top, man. So That's right. here, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Like I said, I don't want to keep you too long. For about twenty minutes, I really just want to go over some NFL, you know, the games from last week. Like I said, we won't go over every single game because for some games, there's just no point of really going over them. But I do want to talk some sports with you today, man, and kind of just go over a few things. And I did want to kind of also as well, I, I meant to tell you this before the show, but I did also kind of want to talk about the Lakers a little bit and talk about a little bit of preseason basketball, not a lot, but just a little bit. So I did want to say that too as well. But I want to go ahead and jump into the game that took place last Thursday night where the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams played, and the Seahawks won 30-29 to in a barn burner type game. Russell Wilson had four throwing TDs in that game. What did you see in that game from, you know, the Seahawks and also the Rams? What were some of your takes on Russell Wilson? I, I, I personally believe that he is looking like an MVP at that point. Between It's really between him, McCaffrey, and Patrick Mahomes at this point. What did you see in that game, and how do you feel about both of those teams? Man, that was a great game. Got to say that first. Uh, that was a great game. But a few things that I saw uh, – Pete Carroll didn't coach a very good game, in my opinion. He didn't. There was a couple of times where, you know, some of the play calls were very questionable. Um, you know, he used challenges in spots where he shouldn't have. And so that was one of the main things I've noticed from that game. Uh, Russell Wilson, like you said, Russell Wilson is a baller. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the very best quarterbacks in the game. You know, if I was to do a ranking right now, Right now, this season, I would have him second, no doubt. Yeah, Patrick me too. Mahomes one, Russell Wilson second. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's he's great, man. And the thing is, he's able to do this with limited weapons. Yeah, he, he doesn't have you know top receivers and even the top running running back. You know, they have decent running backs, but you know they're not no Chris Carson nor Rashad Penny are looked at as great running backs. Mm-mm. You know, so Russell's special, man. Uh, Jared Goff, he played pretty well, you know. He did. Uh, 29 for 49, 395 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, the thing is, though, Todd Gurley is the problem that I, I'm having. You know, I think Todd's needs, man, they just have given up on him. I agree. And they don't want to report that to us, obviously, because from a scouting standpoint, you know, that would hurt them. Big time. Yeah. And so, 
you know, it's unfortunate, man, because Todd Gurley was special, man. But if if he can't get back healthy, it's not going to be good for them, for him personally or their team, because you know all of that money they gave him, that won't be good. No, yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, I definitely think there's a lot more to Todd Gurley's injury. I mean, I'm I'm completely which I mean he had these knee problems even when he was at Georgia. Uh, so I remember. So he he's had these knee problems for a while, but it does kind of seem like they're limited to like kind of limiting him. It just seems like there's a little bit, and then they also drafted a running back that's not. I mean, he's obviously not like Todd Gurley, but he has a similar play style in him in Daryl Henderson. So it's kind of like the signs, they kind of already showing signs that he's not going to ever be the same again. For at least from my standpoint, they are. Right. I, yeah. And I, and the thing is, you know, as many great players the league has at one time, it's, it's good for us. So right. as a fan, I'm hoping that, you know, this is not the case that he's uh, diminished, but it just looks that way, man. Yeah, it does. It seems like that we're not going to see Todd Gurley at the same pillar that he was at, you know, in the last couple of years here, especially when he got paid. Um, obviously, and it kind of sucks because I feel like with that team, personally, they kind of built that team around Todd Gurley, if you really think about it. Jared Goff, I, and this is my own personal opinion, I don't feel like he's like a gunslinger type person to me. He's not a gunslinger type quarterback. That's just my personal opinion. I think he does kind of fester off of a receiver running back, like a Todd Gurley when he was catching the ball out the backfield and things such as that. But now since he's not, you know, he doesn't have those same capabilities that he's had, it's kind of even kind of regressed Jared Goff a little bit if you really think about it. Right. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, I'm a fan. I think he can play. But mm-hmm. thus far this season, he hasn't played up to his potential. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's going to be pivotal. Especially if Todd Gurley is diminished, he's gonna mm-hmm. have to he's gonna have to really step his game up. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like I said on this one, I agree with you hundred uh, percent. But like you said, and this is just kind of random, but we we have been getting some really good um, Thursday night games. Like the past two weeks have been really, really good. Like you know, the week before that was the Eagles and you know uh, the Packers. That was a really good game. And then, you know, last week, you know, the Seahawks and, you know, you know, Green Bay, that was a good game. So it's kind of good to see that we're actually getting some good Thursday night games. And then obviously tonight, the Giants and the Patriots will play, which I don't think that'll be a good game. But, you know, we've been getting some pretty decent Thursday night games. So I did want to bring that up uh, also as well. Um, the next game I kind of want to talk I really don't want to talk about it. I just want to ask you a question. Okay, let me, believe- yeah. let me cut you off one second. Let me cut you off one second. Um, one last thing I wanted to say about the Rams. Yeah, Aaron Donald, he has to be better, man. I, you know what? I'm glad you brought up Aaron Donald because he has been quiet this year. Now I know a lot of people have been double teaming, triple teaming, all that, but he has been very, very, very quiet this year. Right. I think he's focusing on the sacks, mm-hmm. but you got to realize it is other ways to impact the game. Exactly. And so, I, you know, they're going to need him to round it back into form if they're going to be successful as well. That's one thing I definitely wanted to mention. I'm glad you brought that up because I had I was about to let him slide because I had forgot. I had completely forgot about Aaron Donald because he hasn't been as disruptive at all this season. No. Like, Panthers shut him out. He didn't do nothing against them. Buccaneers, he, he showed signs, but not a lot. Saints game was really the only solid game 
he has this year so far. Besides that, he's been pretty much, for the most part, kept into control. So I definitely think that was a good, you know, point that you brought up because I almost completely forgot about it until you said that. Right. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. But one thing I did want to ask you, I'm not going to really jump into this game. The Bills and the Titans played this weekend. The Bills are 4-1 right now. Are we believing in the Bills? The Bills? No. Uh, yes. Are we C believing Ruff in the Buffalo not, Bills? See, Ruff yeah. does not believe in the Bills long term. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not believing in the Bills, man. I'm. I, I'm not getting on that train with the Bills. I just no. I, I, I just wanted to know was I on the island by myself? Because a lot of people that I've talked to are actually believing in the Buffalo Bills. Well, let me tell you why I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a very stout defense. Yes, that's very. that's you know that's clear. You can see that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for me. You gotta have you gotta be able to do it on both ends, mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. And the offense, I don't have any faith in it. Josh no. Allen, don't mm-hmm. have any faith in. I believe that he's a turnover waiting to happen. He is. You know, I don't see him making the throws that's necessary to be successful. And also they don't necessarily have great personnel. And mm-hmm. so it's like I just can't I can't trust their offense to be able to do enough. Because even like last week, when I when we get into that. You know, they beat the Titans last week, 14-7. Mm-hmm. But they easily should have lost. Yeah. And let me tell you why they should have lost. The kicker, uh, I think his name was Carlos Santo, mm-hmm. for the Tennessee Titans went, oh, went zero for four on field goals. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Zero for four on field goals in a game in which Buffalo won 14-7. He was released, correct? He was released on he, Monday. He needs to be, yeah. That's ridiculous. And so that's the thing. It's like. You know, that's like I said, their defense is great, but can you give me enough offense? I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm not believing in the Buffalo Bills. I don't even really believe in Josh Allen at all, but I do like that defense. That defense, they have actually drafted very well defensive wise in the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, they just got Ed Oliver. Then, uh, you know, they got Tredavious White, which is looking like a very, you know, great you know, ascending type cornerback. So they had, they got Edmonds, the linebacker out of uh, uh, Virginia Tech. So they got some really good pieces in Buffalo defensive wise, but I'm with you. I'm not believing them offensive wise. I'm just, I'm not getting behind that train. Uh, right. And I got a question I want to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, on our show this week, we discussed the 49ers and we asked the question, okay, <laughs> are the 49ers a non-playoff team? Are they a playoff team or are they a contender? Mm. We're gonna hold that. We're gonna hold that because and I want you to remember that question because we're gonna talk about the 49ers in a few minutes. So okay. hold on to that because I'm gonna really get into the 49ers and I, we're gonna get into that. Just hold on to that question. Okay. I want to go to the next game real quick. I want to talk about kind of like a sleeper team that a lot of people are not talking about, and that's the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders are three and two right now. The Oakland Raiders actually look halfway decent. Derek Carr went 25 for 32, 229 yards. And, I mean, Josh Jacobs right now um, is looking like possibly, you know, a rookie of the NFL rookie of the year. Uh, 26 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. How do you feel about the Raiders? Are they for real? Do you think they might be all right? Or this is just like fluky that they beat a pretty good Chicago team? The Raiders. I'm not a big fan of the Raiders either. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh-huh. You know, like you said, they've played okay thus far. Uh-huh. But I, I don't have faith in 
I don't have faith in their offense very much either. Me either. And then the thing is with Chicago, I had Chicago winning that game, but it didn't shock me that Oakland won mm-hmm. for the simple fact that Chicago's offense is very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of Tariq Cohen, they really aren't getting much punch. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't overly impressed with the Oakland Raiders beating them. I think that it's, it makes no sense that Colin Kaepernick has not been given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Colin in Chicago, if you added Colin Kaepernick to Chicago and maybe tried to trade for a top-notch receiver, you know, or maybe an A.J. Green, then I would have a lot more faith in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, because right now I just believe they're too dependent on their defense. You know, anytime you're dependent on one side of the ball, it's not a good thing because no. people are normal. They're humans. Mm-hmm. And so – People are capable of having a bad game. Bad when game. The other, when the other side of the ball can't pick up the slack, you, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. So, yeah. uh, to answer the question, I'm not I'm not uh, buying into Oakland either. No. Yeah. No, I don't either. I mean, like I was just saying, Derek Carr didn't even throw a touchdown. He was zero. But he didn't throw any picks. So, I mean, that's good. But he didn't throw any touchdowns either. So, that, that's, that was a problem to me. Now, I got something that's going to make you laugh on Derek Carr. Yeah, go ahead. On the timeout sports Twitter this week, I ran up, I asked the question, mm-hmm. uh, your top five quarterbacks. You answered, why did this uh, young lady have Derek Carr listed in her top five quarterbacks? Oh, God, yeah, she don't watch football. She don't watch football if Derek Carr was in the top. If we're talking like 2016, yeah, sure. That year he was looking like a top five, but now, no, no. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. He's below average to average. Him and Kirk Cousins kind of flirt in that same territory. And actually, that's the perfect segue because that's who I want to talk about next was Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And I don't want to touch on this game too long because I don't – I mean, we all know what the Giants are at this time. They're a rebuilding project team. But the Vikings did win. You know, they won – you know, three, uh, they're 3-2 and two right now. They won 28-10. to 10. Um, Kirk Cousins did have a better game this, you know, this week. Obviously, Adam Thielen has some words to say about him. Stefan Diggs did. I, I'm sorry. To me, Stefan Diggs, I love Stefan Diggs. He's a savage. He basically told people, yeah, I requested a trade. Like, that rumor is true. Like, <laughs> this is not a game. Like, yeah, I basically did. Like, and Kirk Cousins did come out. I got to give him a little credit. Now, you know, I'm always down for some Kirk Cousins slander. I mean, seriously, but he did play a pretty decent game in this one. But then again, it's the Giants. I know you have a very famous, you know, pass with Kirk Cousins. How do you feel about the Vikings' chances of improving throughout the season in that NFC North, which is looking really good right now with the Lions, the Eagles, I mean, not the Eagles, the Lions, the, the Bears, you know, the Vikings, everybody up there is just playing really good, sound football. How do you feel about them? And Green Bay, obviously. Well, Kirk Cousins, uh, like you said, I have a history with him as I'm a Washington Redskins fan. Um, I just think long term, I'm not going to rule them out to to uh, cause noise, to make noise, excuse me, but because they have way too many weapons. You know, when right. you have a Dalvin Cook who's playing like a top three running back for sure, when you have an Adam Thielen, you have a Stephon Diggs, you have a Rudolph at a tight end position. You know, you just have way too much talent not to be in the hunt at the end. 
And so for me, it's just going to come down to Kirk Cousins. It's going to come down to whether Kirk can can make enough plays <clears throat> to win some games because they have a stout defense as well. Right. And so, I, you know, I'm not going to count them out, but I just, you know, I don't believe in Kirk. Um, I, I had too much evidence of him coming up short. Yep. And so, you know, the Vikings, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do going forward. Right. I agree with you 100% on that one. They are very loaded up on the defense side of the ball. And really, even offensively, Dalvin Cook is having a great year. He's starting to develop very well. I mean, they have, you know, two really, really sound, good wide receivers. And, you know, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. They have, you know, Irv Smith out of Alabama. Still got Kevin Rudolph. He's still there. So they got a lot of talent. But like you said, it's just the Kirk Cousins effect. That's what I call it. Kirk Cousins, man, it, it, like you said, that it depends on him. It really does. Right. And and the Vikings, you know, I just want them to know that they play themselves. You know, anytime you give Kirk Cousins $28 million for three years and that's all guaranteed, I just don't understand that move. Like like you said, they played themselves. They were the one that really paid them all that money. That was strictly on them to do that. Yeah, that, that was just not a smart decision. You know, I no. think personally, they would be in a better situation right now if they had just kept Keenum. Yep, I agree. Because you was able, you would have been able to give Keenum half of his salary. Mm-hmm. And then you could have, you know, you could have got some other pieces that you might need to put you over the top. Because Kirk Cousins is not going to put you over the top. No, no, he ain't going to put you over the top at all. He's just, he's, no, he's just, like I said, he's an average quarterback, below average to average quarterback. But, I mean, I could not bring you on this podcast and not talk about your Redskins, man, getting rid of Jay Gruden. After losing 33-7 to to the Patriots, who a lot of people believe is the best team in the NFL right now, um, how do you feel about Jay Gruden being gone? I know you're glad his, you know, his keys don't work no more. I know you're glad he's gone. How do you feel about the whole, you know, Jay Gruden leaving D.C.? Man, listen, I'm ecstatic. It's one thing that I want to say. I just want to say to God be the glory for the things <laughs> that he has done. <laughs> oh, man. You know, Kirk, uh, you know, Jay Gruden, I've just never been a fan. When you look at him on the sidelines, his body language is awful. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be down three points. You could be down seven points, ten points, however many. And it's like he just doesn't show the necessary fight. Mm. And then it's like they asked some – Stephen, they said he asked some players about him. And they just didn't feel like he, he you know, he cared that much. It's like he didn't he didn't work that hard. Mm. And, and that's just not – that's just not going to get it done, man. And so I was I was thrilled that he was gone. It was long overdue. And uh, now we just have to move forward. And I was about to ask you, since you just brought up moving forward, who, if you had your own choice, who would you want? Uh, now, let's keep it realistic, too. Like, let's keep it completely realistic. Who do you think the Washington Redskins actually have a decent chance of getting? And who would you want them to get? But try to keep it realistic at the same time. Right. Okay. Well, I think this is realistic. I got two choices. Okay, go ahead. I've got Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Realistic, yep. You know, because I believe that he could be let go. And then I'm going to go Todd Bowles. Mm. 
Why Todd Bowles? I want to know why. I, I've been hearing both of those names, though. So that's not unrealistic. Why Why both of them? Why both of them would you want to, you know, take on? I know Mike Tomlin's a great coach, but I just want to know why. Right. Tomlin, you know, you just see – it's something to be said about the passion that you see with Tomlin. Right. You know, you can't afford to be a laid-back coach. No. You got to be willing to get, you know, get into these players. Get into it, right. Because, you know – you got to hold them accountable. Right. And you also, another thing you've got to be able to do is when you didn't coach a good game, you got to be willing to say, you know, Mike wasn't good tonight. I got to be Right. Good. That was on me. Take right. accountability. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that Mike Tomlin would bring that. Mm-hmm. And Todd Bowles is, as well, I think, you know, I've watched him uh, uh, often. I think he's a great defensive mind. He is. You know, I think he shows the passion that we need as well. He's in he's 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 in Tampa now, right? I believe so. Defensive as a, as coordinator a, in Tampa. Coordinator, yeah. correct? Yeah, and they're playing a lot better. I know you know you've been real hype on the Shaq, the Shaq train, uh, Shaquille Barrett, which he's playing amazing right now too. But yeah, I know you. But yeah, he's been Todd Bowles has really been doing a good job. And I'm sorry, I need to cut you off. But continue on. No, we're good. Uh, but like I said, those are the two candidates. I would uh. I would like to see us get one of them, if not both. Tomlin head coach, Tabo's defensive coordinator. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. Now, that's another question I had to ask you, too, about the Redskins. Because the Redskins, I heard them talking about this on first take. The Redskins, they're kind of sort of, they're kind of like the New York Knicks, if you think about it. They're ran by a horrible owner that a lot of people believe is not a really good owner. They used to be cool back in like the 80s and things, 70s when they were winning championships. But now, if you really think about it, in the last 25 years since we've been basically alive, the Redskins have been an afterthought. We haven't really never even thought about the Redskins. Do you think that this may be a Dan Snyder problem too? I mean, we obviously know he's probably not going to sell the team. But do you think this could be even a higher up problem? Absolutely. It starts from the top. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, when your kids are acting out of line, it goes back to you. What kind mm-hmm. of uh, what kind of ownership did you do? What kind of discipline did you mm-hmm. uh, put you know put into play? And so right. it starts with the top. It's like you know I wish he would sell the team because at this point we just need an overall. We need an overhaul. Yeah, and we need a lot of new faces. Mm. Mm. Because I was reading the stat. What day was that? Yesterday? Last? Yeah, it was yesterday. I was at lunch. They said that the the Redskins have only won like one playoff game like the last twenty five years, and yeah. I was like, really? As storied as a program as you know as the Redskins, they've only won one playoff game in the last twenty something years. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And when we got an unfortunate turn of events with RG three. Yeah, yeah. Know, if yeah. he hadn't never got hurt, man, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. Correct. You know, Correct. because if you realize that that playoff, that first year of his, we won. We started out three and six, and won our final seven games yep, to go I ten remember. and six and make I the postseason. Mm. Okay, he got hurt to end the regular season, and then they brought him. You know, and then he came back in the playoffs, got hurt again, mm-hmm. and we were up fourteen to nothing to the Seahawks in the playoff game. I remember. And once he got hurt again. And stayed in the game, he was no longer himself. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we lost the game. Yeah, 
And so it's him, very unfortunate what happened with RG3. I agree because that was the year him and Cam Newton had just changed the landscape of quarterbacks and offenses that year. You remember they were just lighting it up with the read option. I mean, they were lighting it up. Yeah. They were lighting it up with the read option. So I remember that, man. That's a good valid point because RG3 was special. But then unfortunately, you know, like you said, the injuries, man. The injuries is what took them out, man. That's really unfortunate because I do believe the Redskins would be in a different position if that would have never happened, honestly. It's no question in my mind. Because he had really changed. He was like, what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now, let's be honest. Let's be completely real. RG3 was doing that back in 2012. He was setting the Atlanta Falcons real quick because it just seems like they are out of sync. They're one and four right now. I mean, this team is stupid talented. I don't see how they're one and four. The Houston Texans just put on a complete clinic on the Atlanta Falcons. How do you feel about this whole situation with the Falcons? And, you know, what's going on with those those guys in Atlanta right now? Well, that's a few issues, man. Uh, Dan Quinn, you know, he should be fired. Mm. He's simply not holding up his end of the bargain. Mm. Um, you know, so I don't really know why they haven't fired him yet. Um, when you talk about Matt Ryan, he has to be better. Mm. You know, he has the skill set to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, just last year he was almost like almost five to one touchdowns and interceptions. Mm. You know, but this year he's already thrown I think like eight picks. Yep. You know, so Matt Ryan has to be a lot better, and he has to look himself in the mirror and take accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, the running game. I thought Deba- I thought Devontae Freeman coming back would help them out big time, mm. but he he just hasn't been able to get anything going. You know, last game, 11 carries for 30 yards. Um, his long carry was 21 yards. So that means the other 10, the under 10 rushes were for nine yards. Mm. I mean, what, what are they going to do with that? Mm. Julio Jones, he's having a down year. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's problems everywhere you look, man. And, and that, was, that team is too talented to be one and four, man. Way too talented. What? I'm just thinking and looking like, man, they literally are loaded at almost every single position. Literally, they're almost loaded at every living position on the field. I mean, really, think of I don't like the Falcons like that. But I will say this, talent-wide, they're loaded. I mean, think about it. Quarterback, they had Matt Ryan. Pretty good quarterback. You agree with me on that? Absolutely. Top 10. Exactly. So then after that, I would say, at running back, Devontae Freeman is still, I mean, I know he's been banged up these past few years, but he's still a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, a decent running back. We can agree on that, correct? Absolutely. He's just I mean, not, he's not playing up to his, what he needs to do, though. He's not playing well. Right, correct. And then also as well, think about it. Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, and Julio Jones is probably the best three wide receiver in tandem in the NFL, correct? It's definitely up there. Exactly. And then tight end, Austin Hooper is a pretty good tight end. I mean, there's talent all over the field. Deion Jones is probably one of the best young, you know, linebackers in the game right now. Um, Tack McKinsley, pretty good defensive end. 
You know, they have talent all over the field. De- Devontre Campbell, another pretty good player. Uh, you know, they're just loaded. Uh, Desmond Trufant at corner. They have a lot of talent, and it's like they're one and four, and they can't figure it out. Like, I just don't understand that. Grady Jarrett can play. Great. Clemson guy. I forgot about him. Grady Jarrett. Another one. Like, they so that's are why I say, man, it's Dan Quinn should go. Because yeah, way too yeah. much talent for them to be looking way the way they look. Way too much. That, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't want to, you know, talk too long about that, but I'm just kind of, like, surprised the Falcons are this bad. Um, it just, yeah. Dan Quinn, if he loses to Arizona this week, he's going to be coming back to Atlanta packing bags and, and putting his house up for sale because that's going to be all she wrote to me. It should be. Yeah, it, it really should. I want to talk about three more games with you, and then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to keep this pretty quick because I've seen a lot in this game. The Packers might be real, man. They won 34-24 against the Cowboys. The Cowboys might be a little fluke, too. I want to talk about that a little bit, too. Um, the Cowboys started out year 3-0. Everybody was, oh, the Cowboys are for real. They, you know, that are not, whatever, whatever the case may be. Now, I want to go back and look at those three teams that they beat. They beat the Giants. Come on now. We knew what the Giants was with Eli. I mean, they look better with Daniel Jones, but they're, they're, still, they're a project rebuild team. Then after that, they played your Redskins. I mean, let's be honest. Y'all are not the greatest team on the earth. We can see that. Y'all probably the second worst team behind Miami. Then after that, they played the Dolphins. The Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL. So you could argue they played maybe three of the top seven worst teams in the NFL, correct? Absolutely. They definitely had the weakest schedule of any team. Uh, the exactly. Three weeks. Starting now. Exactly. Correct. Now, these last two weeks, the Saints didn't even have to score a touchdown to beat them. So that's already saying something in itself. And this week, I mean, the score looks a lot closer than what this game really was. The Green Bay Packers dominated this game. Two questions for you. Are the Packers real? And then the other question is, are the Cowboys fluke? Okay. Uh, the Packers are a legitimate team. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he hasn't even played up to Aaron Rodgers' standards. And they're still sitting, you know, sitting pretty, sitting, you know, looking good. Um, uh, Williams, the running back Williams, they said he's cleared to uh, practice. So he probably will be back next week. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing for them. Um Devontae Adams, we know he can play. He was he actually missed the game. And that's why I was shocked that they that they dominated Dallas in the way that they did with him missing that game. Right. Um, you know, so Green Bay's legit. I still have questions about the run defense. Still have questions about the run defense. But other than that, I think they're a legitimate ball club. Now, the Cowboys, like you said. First three weeks, week of scheduling football. And so I'm not convinced. And it's like it's like the saying that I came up with is Zeke don't eat. They ain't gonna they do that. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Now I also want to ask you another question. Dak's contract situation. <laughs> what do you think about that right now? Well, I'm not sure how it's gonna affect him. Like you said, I mean, he started out, he started out playing very good against weak defenses, weak teams, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the tape for the last two weeks, you're going to kind of raise your eyebrows. Correct. You know, and, you know, last week's game, you know, once they got up 24 to nothing, Green Bay, they, they put down their tent and went to bed. Yep. They folded their tent and went to sleep. And so it was like at that point, they just didn't want him to get any 70, 80 yard touchdowns. Wow. They were okay with him getting meaningless yards, you know, 15 here, 20 here, 17 here. But they didn't want to get beat for the one-play strike. And so those, all of those yards was meaningless. You know, what, where were you at when it was 7 to nothing, uh, 10 to nothing, I think 17 to nothing, 24 to nothing? Where were you at then? And so the contract situation is, my position on that is, you know, that Prescott, nobody's saying he can't play. But he's not – he's nowhere near elite. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. No. 15 to 17 range. And if they decide to pay him 35 to $40 million, it's going to be a great thing for the NFC East and a great thing for the NF- NFC period because he's not going to – he's not going to live up to that. I agree with everything you said, man. I know sometimes we normally disagree on stuff, but I agree with you 100% on every word you say. I want to talk about one more game. Um, well, two more quickly. The Chiefs and the Colts. Obviously, the Colts kind of went an arrowhead and got an upset. Um, winning nineteen to thirteen. How did you feel about that game? Yeah, man. The Chiefs. Uh, I'm not gonna put too much stock into it. You know, the Colts. The Colts are a team that they just don't stop, man. That's one thing you got to give them. They continue yeah. to fight. You know, they come out every night and they give it all they got. And so, you know, they're a very respectable team when it comes to that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, it was the first time all season that they were kept, uh, you know, inbounds. You know, they were limited. Um, But it's at this point, he's missing a lot of weapons. He's missing a lot of weapons, and that started to actually affect the team on Sunday night. Um, Also, a big play in the game was when he got hurt. When he got hurt, he never was the same. His mobility was not the same, and, you know, that hurt him because although he can throw the ball, the threat of Patrick Mahomes being able to run helps them as well. And so I just think long-term, I still believe in the Chiefs. I think that, you know, once they get back, Hill and Sammy Watkins, you know, because he got hurt early. You know, once they get back those weapons, I have a lot of faith in what they'll be able to do. Now, the question remains the defensive side of the ball. Is a problem correct? The defensive remains a question. Jalen Ramsey, I would have been doing everything I could do to get him because the, you know they have a lot of questions on, on defense. Him this weekend, he was hanging out in Houston with Deshaun Watson. They could use him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. could. They really could. I know they had. I know they share the same agent, so that's probably why they were hanging out with each other. But I think Ramsey definitely wants out of Jacksonville at this point. I think oh, that's made pretty it clear. Yeah, he yeah, he wants out of Jacksonville at this point. And then one last game, obviously you brought this up earlier, was the San Francisco 49ers just putting on an absolute shellacking against the, you know, the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, obviously coming into this year, we thought everybody, I mean, I ain't think about one person that said Cleveland ain't going to be that good this year. Everybody just on paper just seen the talent and just said, oh, my God. This team is destined to at least win nine to ten games. 
uh, minimum. Uh, and they have struggled bad. They have not really looked good, but really in one game, and that was against the Ravens. Uh, what are your feelings about the Cleveland Browns? And then we want I want you to talk a little bit about also as well the 49ers and then present that same question to me that you presented earlier in the podcast. Right. Um, well, the Browns, you know, they have a lot of issues right now. Baker Mayfield, you know, we gave him a lot of hype last year. You know, we anointed him. And thus far this year, he just hasn't played up to expectation. You know, in the last game, he was 8 for 22 for 100 yards, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. And he also had a fumble. And so Baker Mayfield has to be a lot better. You know, they have way too many weapons for them to be another pedestrian offense. It goes back to the Falcons. You have way too much talent. And the Vikings as well. You have way too much talent for you to be Struggling the way that you did. I mean, to go out there and score three points is embarrassing. So that's Baker Mayfield. I agree. I agree. Yep, uh, go ahead. When it Sorry. comes to – right. When it comes to the running game, Nick Chubb, he's doing what he needs to do. You know, he's holding down his end of the bargain. So you can't really ask for much more from him. Odell. Odell is one of the most talented receivers we've ever seen. But him and Baker just got to get it figured out, man. Because there's no excuse for Odell to have two catches for 27 yards on six targets. Yeah. He's got to have more impact. And so I, that's, I completely that's agree, man. Yeah. yeah. But go ahead and get in 49ers. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No problem. Uh, and the 49ers, man, I think the 49ers may be legit. You know, when you look at them right now, they have one of the best running games in football. I mean, it might be the best. When you look at Matthew Breda and Tevin Coleman, you know, they respectively went uh, – Breda went 11 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown. Tevin Coleman went 16 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. So anytime you get 40 carries from running backs and 275 yards and two TDs, you're going to fare well in that ball game. Because there's two things that that does. It takes the pressure off your quarterback. Which three things. It takes the pressure off your quarterback, keeps the ball in your hands, which is always good because you're uh, able to dominate time of possession. And it keeps the ball out of the opponent's hands. And so the, the 49ers look legit, man. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he's a, he's a solid quarterback. He's one of them I think we anointed too early, too. But he, he is a capable quarterback. And he, you know, he doesn't seem like one that's going to put the ball in harm's way too often. And so that's very important. Um, George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in football. I was just about to say that, yep. So they're loaded, man. I think they're legit. And so it's a question that I posed uh, on the Time About Sports Twitter page this week. I said, okay, the 49ers are now 4-0. Are they a non-playoff team, which means you still believe after going 4-0 that they would not make the playoffs? Are they just are they just a playoff team, or are they a contender? Now, that's the question that I pose, and I wanted to know your thoughts on that. So, last week I was on this podcast, and I said last week, and you can even go back and listen to me, I said after San Francisco plays – 
Cleveland come back and talk to me because I, I've and I and you probably heard me say this in the, these past recent podcasts. I feel like in the NFL, you don't really know who your team is and you don't know their identity until about that fifth game, like that fifth week. You normally kind of start figuring out fifth, you know, kind of right right now ballpark, like that fourth, fifth, you know, sixth week. You kind of start figuring out the identity of your team. Now, last week I went on record, and you can go back and say and go, you know, listen to it. I went back on record and said I don't believe in the San Francisco 49ers. I don't. I gotta see more. That's what I said. I gotta see more. I don't quite believe in them. Now, I'm not gonna lie. After looking at that game on Monday night, if those guys can continue the the running backs, like you said, and Tevin Coleman, uh, Matt. You know, Cal Shanahan, man, that's another reason why Atlanta is struggling, too. Cal Shanahan is a really, really, really good coach. And I think we got to give him a little bit of credit, too. Um, right, and he should be the Redskins coach right now. That's the, Yep, I, I agree. That Yeah, that's a good point. He is a really solid coach. But if those guys can keep this going, they're definitely a playoff team because Bosa, little Bosa, I, mean, yeah. I know he, you know, rock with Trump and all that, but that guy's talented. I mean, he, like, he, I know he had a lot of animosity against, you know, with the whole Baker Mayfield when he was at Ohio State type issue, but Little Bosa looks real, man, and I'm very impressed with Little Bosa. He looks like he's going to be just as good as his brother. Um, That defense, period. Buckner, I mean, that D-line was vicious. On 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 Monday, Richard Sherman looked like the old Richard Sherman when he was back in Seattle. This team can be a playoff team for sure. I don't know if I want to go quite contender yet, just because of their division. In their division itself, even though they are undefeated right now, they are solely in the number one spot. I still think the Rams will eventually wake up, and I also think Seattle is really good. I, that's the only thing that I can't say that they're going to be a contender. But after seeing what I seen Monday, I definitely could see them 10-6 making the playoffs in a wild card spot, definitely. Me personally, I, I could. Right, I agree with you on that. It's a few things. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley is from Greensboro. Uh, he, he's impressed me. You know, on the he's, I didn't know he was from Greensboro. Yeah, he, yeah. he has been impressive, yes. Yeah. Um, the thing that for me is, like I said, I agree with you. I think they're a playoff team, but I can't go contender just for the simple fact that George Kittle is easily their best receiver. Now he's great, but I he just is. think I just think when it comes to playoff time, you you need to have one elite receiver and not tight end, but wide receiver. And so that's what, one of my questions for them. See, the thing about that, too, is and people always bring up this stat. No elite team with an te- elite receiver has won a championship in the last 11, whatever, whatever years. Let's be honest, man. If you have an elite receiver, it helps a lot. It helps. Let's just be completely honest. It gets you there, at least. Um, me, personally, I do feel like I, I agree with you. I think having an elite receiver helps, and they don't have that. I mean, Marquise Goodwin, he's a speedster. We get all that. But you got to look at it in the perspective of they don't really have a wide receiving core. I mean, 
you know, I'm a huge fan of Debo Samuels, but let's just be real. He's a rookie. I mean, right. he that's, can't really you know, that's do much right cousin, now. Right. You said what? You know, Debo Samuels, Jadavion Clowney's cousin. I did not know that. No, I didn't know that until now. Nope. Yep. Wow. So, Good I think he has that. potential, but like you said, he's a rookie, and how often are they going to call his number? And then that's my point. That's my point. Well, I can't go as far as saying, you know, that this team is going to be, you know, a deep run playoff team. But getting to the playoffs, as of right now, yeah. Because that defense line, man, is really good. Like, they are really good. Like, honestly, I'm really impressed with that defensive line. And, you know, really that defense period looked really good. I mean, like you said, uh, Baker Mayfield has regressed horribly. I think he kind of believed in the hype, you know, and that's just my personal take on it. I think he started believing in the hype, and really, you know, the world was ready to expose him. And I think he is kind of a little bit getting exposed. So yeah. I think that's important, too, to talk about. But I did, before I let you go, I want to talk about a little bit of preseason basketball. How do you feel about Zion balling out last night? 29 points. Did you get to see any of that? I did. How do you feel about Zion? Are you believing the hype yet or is it still too early? Oh, man. I, you know, I believe in Zion. It's for a pretty simple reasons. You know, I just think that he's one of those people that you can tell has a great work ethic. And that's very important when you get to the NBA. You know, you can you can pretty much go off for of talent in college, but everybody's talented in the NBA. And so what's going to separate you in the NBA is if you are a hard worker. If you're willing to put in the work, you're willing to study film. And the Zion strike, strikes me as somebody who is, you know, just that. Um, is when you talk about the preseason so far, he's looked great. And there were a few questions as far as, you know, how he would move laterally being that he's his size. Well, I think those questions have been answered. He looked very good. He uh, does. Driving to the paint, you know, getting past people. And so he's very, you know, he's been very impressive. We still have questions about the jumper. But one thing that has been said is that he won't necessarily even have to be a great, you know, even a really good jump shooter in his year one. You know, he'll have time to work on that and improve. But Zion Williamson, I just want to let everybody know right now, if he gets the ball the way that he should, he's going to be a 20-9 and guy this year. I don't disagree with that. Because Zion can get, you know, he's going to get points off of alley hoops. He's going to get points off of offensive rebound putbacks. Like you said, he can drive to the paint. He's going to take these bigs or whoever's guarding him to the rack. He's going to get some points off free throws. So I think Zion is going he's going to have a monster year, man. And the Pelicans in general, I think they're going to be very entertaining, very fun to watch. I think they'll fall just short of the playoffs because the West is loaded. Can't disagree with that. But yeah, it's I one thing that we that also all. said. Uh, they were talking about that they, they might go to the best 16 teams making the playoffs. And I like not that, doing honestly. it by conference. What are your thoughts on that? I like it. I mean, think about it. When you really think about it, man, like, let's put this in perspective. So let's just say, let me think of somebody who in the East is on that eighth 
seed level, but probably not quite a playoff team. Um, I, I, I use my own team. Let's say the Atlanta Hawks, for example. The Atlanta Hawks don't have no business in the playoffs right now, at least yet, off of what we've seen. Let's just say they would get let's just say they get 30 because in the East, the East is so bad. 38, 39 wins may get you in the playoffs. So let's just say they get 38 wins. Okay. Let's say somebody in the West, because the West is loaded, let's be honest. Man, 40, 42 wins might have you barely getting in on the West side. So let's yeah. just say somebody like Who's a bubble team on the west side? Let's say the Spurs. Let's say somebody like the Spurs. The Spurs have 43 wins, 42 wins, and they're at nine on the west. Let's be honest, man. The Spurs are better than the Hawks. They should be in the playoffs, to be straight up. They really should. They should be in the playoffs over the Hawks, if that was the scenario. And that should be completely honest. So I actually like it, me personally. Yeah, man, I agree. You want to see the best teams in the playoffs, no no matter the conference. Exactly. That's my point. You want to see the best teams play. So for me personally, if that happened, I wouldn't be upset at all. Because when you when you when you know it's like, okay, we know they ain't they don't stand a chance. We know this is a 4-0 sweep. I mean, we want to see some type some type of intrigue. Now, is the likelihood of a 16 beating a one great? No, probably not. But I'm pretty sure a 38-win Hawks team is not as good as a 40-42-win Spurs team in the West. You get what I'm saying? No like, question. So that's why I feel like, personally, I like that format. That's just me. Um, I'm cool with them going to 16 teams. I think Adam Silver is a very innovative, uh, you know, owner. And I think he would be uh, not an owner, but, you know, lead commissioner. So I think he'll be a guy that would be great for that change. Um, but will he do it? I don't know. But I definitely think it's something that be, should be definitely considered for sure. I agree. Yeah. That's definitely – I definitely think that should be considered. He's a – like I said, I think he would be the one to do it because he's really – to me, I've always thought of Alex Silva being a pretty laid-back type guy when it comes to things like that. So I think he would do it. But then again, who knows? Because I don't know if you've seen that whole China situation and got blown out of proportion. And that's a – Another discussion for another day. Have you been keeping up with that? I looked into it a little bit, not all of the details. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, a lot, man. man. Sports yeah. are non-political. Yeah, very, very, man. But, man, Chris, for one, man, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, just appreciate you. Like I said, you always give good sport knowledge, and that's why I love bringing you on because you always bring on the good – sport and you always are logical like you take your emotions out of it and you actually are logical and I appreciate that so much uh, I want you to give you know like I said give your page a shout out and give you know timeout sports a shout out and things such as that because you guys do a lot of great work over there on your Twitter page Instagram page all that and also in your podcast so I want you to kind of you know I always tell you guys show love when you guys come on okay uh, the Instagram for timeout sports podcast is at timeout sports with two underscores. Again, that's timeout sports with two underscores. Then the Twitter is at timeout sports. Sports is all caps three. At timeout sports. Sports is all caps three. Uh, so that's where you can find us. Uh, go f- make sure to follow us, interact. You know, we do a lot of polls, questions. 
just want to want to continue to grow, man. And there's been no no problem to come on here tonight. Uh, we were supposed to get into the Lakers a little bit, but we can. No, 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 no. Do that before we leave. Let's talk about the Lakers real quick because they actually played today, but they lost by like two or three points. How did you like that first game? Anthony Davis and LeBron look so refreshing together, man. Yeah, man. Well, they're just a great fit. You can tell that one thing is you can tell they really like each other. Yes. They spent time together in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And that's that can be key sometimes. It's, it it's not just about basketball, but it's about chemistry, overall team chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so one thing, you know, I just noticed, man, LeBron's on a mission. AD's on a mission. You know, he knows that right now he's a great player. Mm-hmm. But he has a whole lot of pretty much meaningless stats because he hasn't been able to drag his teams to the playoffs and have impact when it comes to that. And so he knows that, okay, let me link up with LeBron, man. I think me and LeBron could do something special. And it's it's going to be a great thing, man. It's going to be fun to watch. I think LeBron, it's like he said, I think he will take a step back. It's going to be one of those years, years for me. I think he could average around 25 points, which would be about two points down from his, you know, what he normally averages. But I think he's going to be about 25 points, seven rebounds, and 10 or 11 assists. Yeah, man. I, I, I agree think with he's you. gonna facilitate that ball, man. AD's gonna eat. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man, a hundred percent, man. Like I said, I'm sorry I held you up so long, but every time we get to talking sports, man, it always gets intriguing. I appreciate you, man, for coming on the podcast, man. You're great. You guys listening to this podcast, please go check out Timeout Sports on iTunes, everything, man. They're on Spotify. You name it, Google Podcasts, Anchor. You guys go check those guys out. Chris, man, I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, man. No doubt, man. Just keep right. let's keep grinding, man. We're gonna we're gonna make it to the top. Most let's definitely, go. man. Definitely, man. I appreciate it, man. Next up, man, we do have some college football coming in that I'll be talking to you guys about, man. Just wanted to send off C Rup. What's up, you guys? It's your boy Tony T Tom West. And I would love to have you guys to be a part of my podcast. If you want to come on my podcast as a feature, just to call in as a fan or anything like that, I would love to have you guys on my podcast. If you're interested, let me know at AO underscore T-Time 9 on Instagram and also as well on Twitter at AO underscore T-Time 9. I would love to have you on my podcast. What's up, you guys? And we are back on Talks with Tea Time, episode 11, season two. I want to once again thank Sierra uh, for coming on the podcast tonight, man. Really was great on this football Friday. That's what we're going to call it today. A lot of good college football taking place this weekend. I want to go over a few games with you guys on college football this weekend. We do have the Georgia Bulldogs 5-0 facing on the South Carolina Gamecocks. That's going to be an ESPN game. At 12 o'clock, um, right now, that's Georgia's going to more than likely win that game. Um, like I said, right now, they open up as a 24-point uh, favored. Um, also, a big game that always takes place around this time of year, the Oklahoma Sooners will be playing Texas 
Uh, so big Red River rivalry game going on in Dallas this weekend. Oklahoma is five and zero. Texas is four and one right now. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting game. What can we see out of Jalen Hurts? It's going to be kind of like the first defense this year that he really has played that has applied a lot of pressure to different teams. Um, now, granted, LSU put it on a field day against this Texas defense, but this Texas defense is still a pretty decent defense. So that's going to be a decent game to watch at twelve o'clock there. A game that I want to watch that probably a lot a lot of people nationwide are not highlighting on their list to watch on Saturday. But the 12 o'clock game with Memphis versus Temple is going to be a very good game. Memphis is a 5-0 undefeated team right now um, looking to get themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl, um, you know, trying to go undefeated and things such as that. And they can really run the tables this year. Um, in that, you know, American conference. As you can see, UCF is not that great. Um, only team to me that really stands in their way um, would be Cincinnati. Um, that Cincinnati is a pretty good team. But besides that, Memphis can get to a New Year's Six if they can win out. Temple is a 4-1 team right now. So Temple looking very, very good right now at 4-1. That's going to be a game that I'm going to be into um, on Saturday. Now, granted, I won't get to, I will admit to you guys, I won't get to watch a lot of these games on Saturday because my cousin is getting married at 1.30. So I'm not going to get a lot, I'm not going to get to watch a lot of these games. And you know, most weddings are all day events. So I'm not going to get to watch some of these games. So I will admit that. So next week, we probably will not talk too much college football because I'll basically be catching up on highlights throughout the week. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, did want to just throw out that disclaimer, but um, definitely that's going to be a game that I'm going to be watching. Another game that I'm going to keep my eyes on as well um, will be Alabama versus Texas A&M. Alabama does go to um, uh, you know College Station there to uh, face on the uh, Aggies. A&M has had a very rough year. They have been very overrated. I think we all know that at this point. They're 24th ranked. They probably shouldn't even be ranked right now. They're not a really that good of a team. Um, but they placed Alabama. I think Alabama will probably blow them out the park. That's just my own personal opinion. Another decent game that's going to be going on on Saturday is uh, Michigan State against Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the number eight team overall right now. Jonathan Taylor has looked like a force to be reckoned with. I do want to see what he can do against a pretty stout Michigan State defense, even though Ohio State, they've been doing some incredible things with their offense lately. They have one of the top five offenses in the country, and they have showed that every week they come out putting up 40, 50 points on teams and against good defenses like Michigan State. So that's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, for obvious reasons, at 330, Clemson plays Florida. Florida State. Florida State is a lot better than what their record indicates. They're better than they were last year. I mean, they're only a really, you know, mishap at the goal line of Virginia being 4-1. So this is a pretty decent team. Um, I, and if you really, really, really think about it, they're really only two or three plays in the Boise State game from being 5-0 with Clemson. So I think this is a game that Clemson is going to have to watch out for. Florida State is going to be motivated to play this game. Um, this is going to be a game that's going to have to kind of – Clemson going to have to come out and dominate quick, early, and fast. It's a 3.30 game that's going to be on ABC. Another game that's going to be a good one, people that love the Pac-12, you have a Pac-12 game that's going to be probably a lot of points getting put up at 3.30. That's going to be uh, Arizona State 
taking on Washington State. Arizona State right now is 4-1. Herm Edwards has those guys ranked 18 in the country right now. So that's going to be a game that also you might want to keep your eye out on. Um, now, Texas Tech pulled off an upset last year, uh, last week, beating Oklahoma State. Uh, they come in this uh, week facing another ranked opponent in um, undefeated Baylor right now. That Baylor is 5-0 right now. They're coming in and playing Texas, uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech definitely can come in and pull off another upset this week, find themselves 4-2 and two and possibly ranked. A big game this week also as well is Penn State versus Iowa. Uh, Penn State obviously is 5-0 right now. They are undefeated. Um, and then the Iowa uh the Iowa Hawks right now, they are 4-1, and one, losing last week in a, a really close, you know, defensive game against Michigan, 10-3. So it's going to be kind of, it's going to be good to see Iowa try to bounce back at home, night game. You know, those guys come fired up at night. It's going to be a pretty decent game. Um, another game that's going to be played tomorrow, uh, Saturday night, would be uh, the USC Trojans coming in 3-2 and two against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 4-1. Um, their only loss is to... Um, their only loss at that point is to Georgia, Notre Dame. So Georgia, you know, that was a good game down here in Athens. Pretty good game. Everybody was hyped up about it when they lost 23-17. to But besides that, Notre Dame has looked pretty impressive this whole year. And even in that game, they did not look bad. Um, and then obviously the game I really want to jump into the most, and this is what we'll have the real discussion about, because this is the real solid, solid game this week that has playoff implications on it. And that's LSU in Florida. Let's go ahead and jump into that now because that's the game that um, by then I should be home. Hopefully by then I'll be home, you know, for my cousin's wedding. I went to the reception back, you know, home by then, by this game on Saturday night. Um, Florida will be heading to Baton Rouge to play the LSU Tigers. You will not hear me call the LSU Stadium Death Valley because you know where the real Death Valley is. But they'll be heading to Baton Rouge to play play the undefeated LSU Tigers. Georgia comes, I mean, Florida comes in six and zero. LSU comes in five and zero with a bye week. Oh man, this is gonna be a good game, man. I'm excited about this game, man. I really hope it's not a blowout, but I really got a strong feeling that LSU is going to blow Florida out. And here's why. For one reason, I'll say, Cal Trask last week got hurt. I thought he tore his ACL. I thought he was done. I thought that was going to be a season ender. But he did come back and finish the game. Now, reports are saying that he is going to play this weekend. Now, we already know Joe Burrow has been on fire this year. 22 touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, 1,864 yards. I mean, Joe Burrow has been on fire this year. I can't, I can't, I, like I said, I talked so much trash about Joe Burrow last year. I've been on record on All Things College Football, the podcast we had last year. I was on record talking mad trash about Joe Burrow. I will admit that. He has proved me wrong, and I got to eat crow. That guy been balling since they made up this new system. And I'm happy for him. Now, I want to go over a few stats with you guys. And I want you guys to see what you guys think on this, on what's going to determine this game. Now, points per game. <laughs> Florida's putting up 32 points. So, for them, that's actually good. But LSU is putting up 54 points a game right now. Um, now, points allowed per game. Florida's only letting up 9.5 points right now. LSU is 
uh, basically giving up about 20 points right now. Total yards per game. LSU is averaging. This is average. Not overall. This is average. They're averaging 571 yards a game. Average. But Florida's not doing too bad themselves. They're averaging 424 uh, yards a game. Passing yards. Once again, a surprising stat. LSU is averaging. Not, not, this is not what they, they're the highest. This is their average. They're averaging 416 yards per game, passing the ball, running the ball. They're averaging 155 yards per game. Per game. The Florida Gators are only averaging 28, uh, 284 yards per game throwing the ball, and they're only rushing the ball 139 yards per game. Well, almost 140. It's like 139.8. Might as well say 140. And this is the stat that might save. This is the stat that I really, all these stats I'm naming off, and I'm going to tell you why they are all in correlation and how I know LSU is going to blow these guys out. How, at least why I feel like that. Yards allowed, Florida only allows 276 yards per game. Yards allowed on LSU, they only allow 287 yards per game. So we're looking at about 11-yard difference on that end. Now, I'm going to tell you why I think LSU wins this game by like 14 to 20 points, in my personal opinion. The points per game, LSU offense has dang near looked unstoppable this year. I'll be honest. I'll be the one to say it. They have looked unstoppable this year. Their defense is top five in the SEC. Their offense has looked unstoppable. Like I said, throwing the ball, Joe Burrow looks like, like he looks like Peyton Manning out there. Like he's just throwing it all around the field. Like they have looked amazing this year. And this kind of goes back to what I talked about last week with Florida against Auburn. And it's now it's vice versa. Because I told you guys, Bo Nix was not that good. I told you guys that last week. You didn't want to believe me. Bo Nix is not that good of a quarterback. He's an okay quarterback. But then again, he's a freshman. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt this year. But as of right now, he's not really that great of a quarterback, which I told you guys he wouldn't be. So... Me personally, I think it's kind of vice versa. I think Joe Burrow in that offense is better than Florida's offense. Florida has showed bright spots. I mean, obviously, like last week, LaMichael Piron, he looked like the LaMichael Piron of the old. I mean, they looked really good offensively, you know, last week. They looked better. But, man, LSU was putting up 54 points a game, man. I don't think I don't even think Florida can hang around that ballpark. Now, granted, everybody's going to come on here and say Florida has one of the best defenses in the country. We know that. Do I expect LSU to put up 54 points tomorrow? No. They're not going to put up 54 points tomorrow. But one thing I will say on this football Friday is that I don't think Florida has the firepower to keep up with LSU. Now, I know you're just saying, well, you just said that Florida has a good defense. LSU's offense is legit this year. They're even on a good defense of Florida. I still think they put up at least 31 points. I don't think Florida can score with them. 
Devaney and those guys on LSU defense, are. I think they're going to hold their ground. Now, they had a rough game against Texas. They showed some rough spots on defense as well against Vanderbilt. They let Vanderbilt put up 33 points. But I think for the most part, LSU is going to hold their ground. Now, if Florida comes out, because I heard a lot of people rumbling about Florida shouldn't be in the top 10, even after beating Auburn. If Florida beats LSU at LSU, we got to put Florida in that top five discussion for sure. Maybe even in the top four. Going into Baton Rouge beating them. But I feel like if LSU wins this game, and especially if it's in blowout fashion, somebody's got to come out the top four. I'm going to be honest. Somebody has to come out. Now, who would that team be? And let's go over those top four teams. Alabama's number one. They're going to beat A&M. So let's just say they beat A&M. They ain't, they're not coming out. They're just not. They're not coming out. Secondly, Clemson. Question mark. Let's keep Clemson because I'm, I'm a Clemson fan, but we have not played great. So let's just keep Clemson out of it for right now. Let's just say Clemson's still at two. Now, at three, Georgia. Georgia played South Carolina this weekend. For the most part, they've looked pretty decent. I'll say keep them in. And then at four, Ohio State. (sighs) Would it be crazy? Well, for one, I think Ohio State doesn't play this week. So would it be crazy if I say they drop Clemson to, to maybe three or four? And then they move LSU up into the top four and maybe drop Ohio State out for another week. Is that crazy to say that that LSU maybe moves up in that top three? So it'll be like Bama, Georgia, LSU, and then maybe Clemson at four. And then Ohio State right on the outside looking in at five. Maybe something like that could happen. But it also depends on how Clemson beats Florida State. Let's say Clemson looks amazing. On, on, you know, Saturday, and they put up 60, 70 points on Florida State and make Florida State like a high school team. Then everybody's going to jump right back on the Clemson bandwagon. Um, so I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see if LSU wins this game. I feel like they can't stay at five. They just beat the number seven ranked team. They can't stay at five. They at least got to move up to four. Something's got to happen for them to move up in that top four. That's my personal opinion. Like I said... I think LSU, and I've been I've been hard on the LSU train. I've been telling y'all for the last week, two weeks, yo, I'm on the LSU train. Take me. I'm with y'all. I think y'all are actually a decent team. But can you prove it? And that's what they're trying to prove. And I think this is going to be a big game to prove that for these guys. I think this is going to be a game that they're going to have to come out and be dominant early. And I think LSU is going to have to set a tone early. They're not going to be able to play around with these guys. They're not going to be able to keep Florida in the game. I think Florida's a team that you got to take their hearts early. Get them out the way. Just tell them out the rip. Look, man, we're getting you out the way early. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. And uh, me personally, I think that's going to be good for Florida if they can know what they're standing against. So it kind of works in both teams' favor because if they come out and punch them in the mouth, Florida's going to know we're in for a dogfight. But LSU, I think the thing with them, they do not need to leave the door open for Florida to be in this game. I think LSU wins this game. And I'm going to go back over some of those games I just went over. But I think LSU wins this game pretty decidingly, man. Give me LSU 
31-14, man. I think they win this game pretty decidedly, in my opinion. I think they're just a better team. I like, I like, I really do. I really like Florida, but I just think offensively, they're just not that good. Um, Georgia, South Carolina, we already know the circumstance with that. Give me Georgia, 45 to like 20. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, give me Oklahoma, man. 31-27. I think this is actually a low-scoring game. I don't think they put up all these points, but I do think Jalen Hurts performs. Memphis first Temple. Give me Memphis, 45-44. Alabama versus Texas A&M. Give me Alabama, 49-24. Wisconsin versus Michigan State. Give me Wisconsin, 21-7. Florida State versus Clemson. Give me Clemson 35 to 17. Arizona State versus Wazoo. I'm going to take Wazoo. I'm taking Wazoo 56 to 63. Yep, I am. Baylor and Texas Tech. Give me Baylor 42 to 38. I think Texas Tech hangs with them. Penn State versus Iowa. Iowa doesn't lose that night at home. I'm going to take Iowa in this game. I'm going to say 27-24 Iowa. After that, we have Notre Dame-USC. I think this is a game Notre Dame imposes their will. Give me Notre Dame. 31-7. And like I said, obviously, last but not least, in that game, you know, LSU... In Florida, I got LSU winning this game by double digits. That's my personal opinion. I think we're set up for some good college football this weekend. This is a football Friday on Talks with T-Time, the podcast, man. I thank you guys for joining on. Continue to subscribe to the channel. Leave you know ratings on our iTunes, Spotify, all that, man. I really do appreciate you guys' support. And uh, next week, man, it's going to be, you know, we're going to jump into football deep. We're going to talk about a little basketball, too. Basketball kicks off, you know, in a few days. We're going to jump into some NBA, some Zion Wilmington, things such as that. And uh, I'm excited, man. So we're jumping into a lot. It's the best time of the year when you have all sports involved. Football, basketball, baseball. Oh, prayers, prayers to the Braves. Oh, my goodness. Prayers to the Braves and prayers to the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're heading out and we thank you guys and enjoy this Friday and listen to some tea time. Here's his upcoming schedule. So he's home to Seattle next week. Maybe it's okay. Like, I mean, that's awesome. There's going to be some drunk time there. Um, 